A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. My name is Sam Webb and I'm here to share some of the most epic conversations I get to have with some of the most fascinating people on our planet. Every episode is dedicated to elevating the conversation around mental health because it ain't weak to speak. I'm a massive believer that a conversation could change and save a life for the better. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to It Ain't Week to Speak. I hope you've been practicing that pretty good lately. I hope that if you're struggling with something, I don't care if it's your mental health, physical health, something that you want from someone or at work or it's a relationship problem or it's a relationship breakthrough. If you don't ask, you never know. That's my mantra. So always ask. And if you're not comfortable, find out ways to get comfortable. And hopefully throughout this podcast, you're able to learn some really cool tips and strategies that can give you those tools to, to be able to grow in your life. And I want to say thanks for showing up. Seriously, it's an investment in yourself for being here. If you have any guests that you'd like to hear from on this podcast, I would love to know them. So please send me a message, tag me, tag them, write us through living, and I'll reach out to them and see if we can bring them on. I'm always willing and open to new conversations with people from all over the world because there is always something to learn. On that note, if you love the podcast and you like some of the content, you want to keep helping us spread the message, all I'm asking, please like and subscribe to this podcast. It will take literally a second. Leave a comment, leave a review right now in the app. Seriously, please, it will help us. Not only will it help us climb the podcast charts, but it will help us show up in other people's algorithms around the world. And that's the whole idea. We want to show this to to people so that they can listen in and we can save a life together. And that's what this is all about. Remember, it ain't weak to speak. And I'm going to bring on our next guest onto the podcast. So let's go. His name is Dean Stott. He is the founder of the world's largest anxiety support community with over 1.3 million members across his platforms. He's largely present on Instagram. All of his details are in the show notes, and we'll talk about that throughout this podcast, no doubt. He's a best-selling author with two best-selling books on anxiety, uh, self-help books. Dean has also spoke with many celebrities and renowned professionals from all over the globe. He's an established speaker. He's an educator, and he finished out his 2020 campaign with a DLC anxiety event, which he hosted for Amazon headquarters in the UK. Dean has come from a shared lived experience. It's where this all started. I can't wait to ask him the roots of all of that, the origins, what made him set off on this expedition, what you can learn if you're looking to start up something in your life. This is a great, great episode. He's very, very intensive in in what he explains and how he explains it. He's very articulate 
and his eagerly anticipated novel Chloe is just dropped. So you're about to be immersed into a universe where anxiety isn't even necessarily the enemy. Chloe is the first book in the Anxiety Superpower series he has written based on true events. The book will have you questioning your own relationship with anxiety and it will steer you in a direction of seeing anxiety through a different lens. And I mean, coming from my own lived experience currently and still to this day with, with anxiety, it is a work in progress and it sounds easier than what it is sometimes, you know, but when you have a, have a community around you, which is what Dean prides himself on and what he's created, it can definitely help. It definitely helps looking at things in a new light or a new perspective through different lenses. But again, sometimes it's easier said than done. So hopefully throughout this episode and throughout what you can learn within this community here at, at Livin and the community that Dean has created with his online presence, you're able to, to make really solid progress in your life if you are dealing with, with anxiety in particular and you can reach out to the right support networks in your life to get the help that you may need if you, if you aren't coping with it too well. But always remember that there is help out there, no matter how far along you are in your journey. If you need help and support, please ask, because there are always people out there that want to help, including myself, including people at Living, including Dean. We're all here for you. So without further ado, let's bring Dean onto the podcast. Let's go. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast, Dean. Man, I've been following your very large community online for quite a while now and i love the work that you're doing and i love what you're putting out in the world when it comes to improving people's mental health particularly and anxiety but mate it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast welcome on to it ain't weak to speak man all the way from north wales north wales yes in the uk so completely opposite time zones thank you so much for having me and yeah it's a pleasure to be here with your community and thank you for the invite Mate, it's honestly an honor to have you on here. As I mentioned, I'm a big advocate for the work that you do. And I'm, a, I'm an advocate for a lot of people's work around the world that try and shift the needle to make a difference in and around the mental health space by challenging the status quo, giving people tools and strategies to live a better life. And I think that's what you're doing really well. And that all seems to me like it's coming from a personal experience in your life. That's where this story kind of was born from. Dean, talk to me, you know, you've got over a million followers on your Instagram, for example. Where did all this start? Like, why did you get into this? Like, I know a little bit about your story and one in five people struggle with some kind of mental health challenge right now while we're speaking about this, especially adults. Talk to me, where did all this start for you and why the fire in your belly to make a difference in mental health, especially anxiety? Yeah, well, I love what you said there about the fire in the belly, because that is really what it was. And that figure of one in five, I think we're closer to maybe one in three, especially after COVID. We know that obviously the effects of what's happened with the isolation and everything is going to be lasting, unfortunately, for the next decade or so. But yeah, where did it all start? It started four years ago after the passing of my father. I developed a panic disorder. So my father passed away. I went to work too early. So my father passed away. I went to work a couple of weeks after thinking it was the right thing to do. I thought, let's just get into it. Let's try and get some sort of normal back. So I went back into work. Lo and behold, I was okay-ish for the first week or so, but I had the biggest panic attack that you could, well, that I could ever imagine. I'd never felt 
experiences like that before. And it was really scary. Um, the symptoms were really scary. It made me run out from the situation I was in. And it made me become fearful of panic attacks themselves. So what happened was I developed a panic disorder. And then for the next year, I was dealing with this panic disorder. And I opened up with a friend from the workplace. It just so happened to be I was on a lunch and he could tell that I had anxiety. And he was just asking me as a friend, what, how I was. And I decided to open up to him in the time. And it was pro- that was probably the best moment of the whole journey for me because when I opened up to him, he actually told me that he'd been through an anxiety disorder and everything that I was telling him about the physical symptoms and the emotional symptoms, all these scary symptoms that I had no idea what they were previously, he was speaking them back to me like he'd walked in my shoes and that gave me the biggest relief that you could ever imagine. I mean, it was like someone had just opened up the door to a pathway because as you know, uh, if you've dealt with anxiety, when you're dealing with anxiety in the first place, you often feel isolated, you feel alone, you feel like you're never going to recover. Often say, well, how can I get back to before I was anxious? How can I be that person again? So yeah, by opening up to this person, he really kickstarted my recovery. So with the help of the right resources, a good relationship with my doctor, good support network, I was able to overcome the anxiety disorder. And when I overcome that anxiety disorder, if we go back to the words you said at the start, I really had that fire in the belly. I wanted to bottle up that emotion that my friend had given me and almost mass produce it like in a in a warehouse and try and spread that hope to as many people as I could. And I was looking, where could I do this? Could I do this in local support groups? Could I do this on other internet platforms? And that's when I stumbled across Instagram and there wasn't many people speaking about their mental health journeys. So that's where it all started. I started speaking about my mental health journey. People started to relate. And yeah, we formed a community and then it was like a snowball effect over time. COVID happened and obviously a lot of celebrities then were speaking on mental health and anxiety and sharing my experience and the work from the community. And it just really snowballed from that. Mate, it's very impressive. And thank you for sharing a little bit about your story. To go even a bit deeper in that, and we talk about impressive, right? You've used your own story as kind of like a launch pad to make a difference in other people's lives through shared lived experience. I get that. I understand that. I've dealt with my own anxiety, my own mental health challenges, and I still do to this very day while I'm having this conversation with you. And I've, you know, I've worked with people that do over the years and I've seen it in all different shapes and sizes. And some people have similar symptoms and some people have very different symptoms and they take them very different. What were some of the warning signs for you, man? Like when you realized, holy gee whiz, this is a panic attack. Because, mate, panic attacks feel like you're, you're helpless, you're hopeless. It's this desperation for it to end and you're scared of your own life, like you're about to die. What were some of the symptoms that you experienced that sort of got you to that stage and that place in your life where it was just unbearable? Well, I often believe now, with all the experience and knowledge, that 
everyone will we know everyone deals with the emotion anxiety is just that when it's happening in a disorder with fashion when it's happening excessively that's when it becomes a problem so a lot of people don't actually realize what anxiety is because they don't have the psychoeducation behind it so when they're dealing with anxiety so then when they come into the middle of an anxiety disorder they think that they're experiencing these symptoms for the very first time but they're not doing they're just experiencing them in a disorder with fashion so i started to know that it was a problem when it was excessive so when i would be waking up and i'd be thinking how am i going to navigate my way throughout the day because anxiety was always simmering so i speak about the panic attack being the catalyst for the anxiety disorder it wasn't just the panic attacks. After the panic attacks, I then obviously became very hyper aware of the physical sensations of anxiety, of the emotional sensations of anxiety, and the thoughts of anxiety. So I would get up each day and almost try and navigate myself throughout the day with this simmer of anxiety. Some days that simmer would overflow and it would become a panic attack. Other days, you might just be at a high level, it'll come down a bit, but then it'll peak up. So it's when it starts to really interfere with your day-to-day living, that's when I realized it was an issue, and that's when I started to seek out help. Yeah, right, okay. And on that note, like, what did it feel like for you? Was it tingling hands? Was it speedy heart rate? Was it blurry vision? Was it an outside-of-your-body experience? Was it a... Like, what did it feel like? Because, again, I know what anxiety feels like, and unfortunately, I know what panic attack feels like. Very common for me, and it's definitely improved. But that being said, like, what did it feel like for Dean? Like, what were some of the symptoms that you were experiencing that maybe some of our listeners might be experiencing and they don't quite understand what it is? Right. So if we go, if we start with the panic attack. So yeah, yeah, panic attacks. The panic attack is the heightened version of anxiety. It's when anxiety is reached its peak and the body is now in the fight flight or freeze situation so when that happens the scary symptoms i would get would be a racing heart rate but the the scariest symptom i would get is something called derealization and that's almost like an outer body experience the best way for me to describe it is that you feel like you're watching yourself from a movie you're in your situation but you don't actually feel like you're in this reality it's a very very scary symptom and if you've never dealt with it before i really think that that symptom alone is a catalyst of people thinking oh my god i'm in danger and a lot of people end up in the emergency rooms because they're really convinced they're dying and if you don't know what that symptom is then it really makes sense because it's very, very uncomfortable. It's very, very surreal. And that is where I became fearful of having panic attacks. It was that outer body experience. I'd look around me, all the lights would seem bright, everything would seem louder. And it was a a case of that everyone's looking at me and I just wouldn't feel like it was me. And that's a really, really hard thing to explain. But if somebody's been through derealization and felt it, then they really understand that it's like you're seeing the situation from not your perspective. Mm. It's a very scary experience, mate, isn't it? It really is. And you've got to kind of be there to really understand. It's hard to explain unless you've really sat in that feeling and understood it. And, mate, I mean... We all know that fight or flight is, to a certain degree, a natural bodily sensation. Mm -hmm. And we know that certain experiences in our life set that off, whether it's nerves, whether it's 
about to jump out of an airplane, parachuting. But it's that feeling of having that fight or flight activated when you don't really know why. And I think that's the scary thing, which people often go straight to, because again, I'm talking through my own experience here, from my own lived experience. I'm not a mental health professional. I make that clear all the time. I'm sharing my own lived experience. But when I'm sitting there, right, and I can feel my heart beating faster, my breaths are getting shorter, my chest is getting tighter, my hands are starting to tingle, I get a little bit of an out-of-body experience, I kind of get wet feet, and you almost feel like you're having a heart attack to a certain degree. But if you dig deeper, and what I try and educate, I try and do this to myself. And again, this is my own experience. I've done years of mental health help. I've listened to some of the most amazing mentors in this field. I've read a lot of books. Doesn't mean I'm a mental health professional, but I do know a lot of the research. And when I'm feeling like my fight or flight's activated, I think some of the best thing or things people can do that might be struggling with any type of mental health challenge is to educate themselves on the facts because too often we jump to conclusions and our brain tells us irrational thoughts and we start to believe them. But I feel like the more arsenal that you have that is actually factual, the more that you know about what that experience could be as opposed to just thinking that I'm dying of a heart attack, like looking at the facts as opposed to these unrealized experience, so to speak, I feel like you become more confident with your own body and knowing that these are natural symptoms and sensations that your body will experience when you are dealing with, you know, your adrenal glands, both your norepinephrine and your brain and your body and how they are activated. Like the more research you do, the more you'll understand it. But it's easy for me to say that right now on this chat. But for someone that's never really understood it all and where it all comes from and how it's excreted in your body and why blood pumps to your heart and all your muscles in your body start to feel light and tingly and all that sort of stuff. That's just part of your body. It's like a really smart machine working for you because it feels like it's in danger. You know what I mean? So it really is trying to protect yourself. It's basically what I'm saying. Like your body is a very smart vehicle. It kind of regulates, deregulates itself. And I feel like for me, my own experience, it was a lack of trust. I didn't trust my body. I didn't trust those sensations. I didn't trust myself. So the more education I've been able to deal with in a combination with CBT, which is cognitive behavior therapy, talk therapy, and just understanding the facts and the way the body actually works has definitely helped me. Yeah, I think there's two points I'd like to make on that. And I think it's great what you said, firstly, about the trust of the symptoms because like you said it's all well and good telling someone well it's okay you do the psychoeducation you learn about the physical emotional symptoms but when them symptoms hit you don't have the rational mind you have an irrational mind that's telling you what if this time the heart race and it's going to continue to race and it's going to be a heart attack what if this funny sensation is actually me going to faint and you get all this uncomfortable feeling with the rush of adrenaline And it's very hard in that moment to really center yourself and ground yourself and say, hey, well, I listened to these two guys who were talking lots of sense on a podcast. And they were saying, well, I just need to be okay in this situation. Because it's your body's response to fear, your body's response to a danger that's not there, your body's telling you that you're in danger. So what you have to do and what you have to learn is to actually sit with that uncertainty, sit with that uncomfortable feeling and know that 
it's going to feel uncomfortable, but it will. Anxiety always has a lifespan. I always say that. It always has a lifespan. It'll peak. It'll come down. It may go back up, but it's an adrenaline dump. It always has a lifespan. So once you sit there and don't run away from the situation, you teach your brain that, well, yes, I'm in the situation. Yes, we caused anxiety, but we didn't run away from the situation. So maybe if we're in that situation again, maybe we might feel anxious. But if we continue to do that, something that you mentioned, CBT therapy, so exposure therapy, gradual exposure or flooded exposure. So putting yourself in the situation or gradually doing it, we're over time teaching the brain that the situation isn't dangerous. Whereas one of the common pitfalls for someone in an anxiety disorder is they're in a restaurant, they have a panic attack, they run away from the restaurant, the anxiety subsides, the brain's then telling them, well, you ran away from the restaurant, the restaurant must be the threat. So let's try and avoid the restaurant. And when you start to avoid the restaurant, that's when you can start to have complications, very common ones with panic disorder, such as agoraphobia. And that's where it can really start to affect your wife. And some people find it very hard to even get out of the bedroom or the bed. That's how serious it can get. So it's very important to sit with that uncomfortable feeling, even when your body's screaming at you to do the opposite. And the only other thing I wanted to say was, I think the big misconception, like the big storyteller is that when you're dealing, if you were dealing with a saber-toothed tiger in the middle of somewhere and you have to run away, and you're telling that story back to someone, you would tell them that there was a saber-toothed tiger in front of me, I had to run away, and I managed to get away and I didn't die. You wouldn't tell them the anxiety that you felt in that situation because you just wouldn't be aware of that. All you wanted to do was go away from that situation and not get like attacked by the saber-toothed tiger. However, when you're in the office and there's no saber-toothed tiger in front of you, unless you've got a bad manager, then it's <laughs> then it's it becomes overwhelming because there's no danger there. So when there's no danger there, what does the brain do? It looks at your symptoms and it tells you these symptoms are the danger. And that's where we become fearful of the physical and emotional symptoms. And that's when we have to put the psychoeducation in place to learn. Why is the heart racing? Why is the breathing doing this? Why am I feeling tense? Why do I have this out of body experience? And when you learn that, you take away some of the fuel, some of the uncertainty of the anxiety. And that, again, over time can really help to reduce the anxiety. Mm. And mate, well said. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more with you on that. And for anyone that might be listening right now, Dean, who might be struggling with panic disorder or panic attacks or anxiety, what would be like as a shared lived experience and you in this space for a number of years and the people that you've dealt with, what are some of the good advice that you could you know, probably give to someone right now? Yeah. So if you're dealing with a panic attack, so you dealt with all panic attacks or high levels of anxiety, you're worried about the symptoms and you haven't had it checked out by the doctor, your number one port of call 
get to your doctors. People won't want to go to the doctors because they've got anxiety. They're scared that they're going to come back and tell them there's something seriously wrong with us. Because what do we try and do? We try and protect ourselves from the really scary heart diseases, the cancers, there's this, there's that. But you need to get yourself to the doctor so they can run the test firstly, because there is other conditions such as an overactive thyroid that can mimic anxiety. So it's important to do the test to make sure it is anxiety. And once the doctor runs the test, comes back, tells you you've got excessive anxiety, well, then they can lay out all the different options for you. A lot of people say, yeah, well, I don't want to go to the doctor because they're just going to throw medication in me and that's not a route I want to take. I don't say that if that is what your doctor's doing, I'd say get a a different doctor. Medication is a good option for some people. It works for some people. For some people, it doesn't. Anxiety recovery is all about your own individual toolkit. So find out how do we treat anxiety? So what do we do? Psychoeducation, medication, meditation, mindfulness, exercise, dietary changes, all these things, support networks, speaking about it, all these things, sitting with the uncomfortable feelings of anxiety. When we learn all these things and we can curate our own path out of recovery, it's really a trial and error thing. And that's where I think these communities, such as our Instagram community, is really helpful because you you see the relationships building in the comment sections of people saying, well, I've done this today and this worked for me, or I've done that and that worked for me. And I think it's really important to speak out. So if you're feeling isolated alone and you're feeling like these symptoms You can't explain them. Just speak to a trusted friend or a loved one. Or if you have the access to therapy, fantastic. Go down that route because speaking it out moves it from the inward thinking, which anxiety is. It's focusing on all the inward sensations and it's moving it outwards. And that can really help to reduce your anxiety as well. Mm, Exactly, man. And there is a myriad of tools and strategies. And as you mentioned, and a really important point I want to touch on is what works for you, Dean, may not work for me. Mm -hmm. And what works for me right now may not work for me in two years' time. I've experienced this a number of times. 10 years ago, I was going through it on a different medication, using different coping mechanisms. They started working. I tried to do that, I guess, when I was going down the rabbit hole a few years after that, when I thought I was in the clear. And I tried to use some of the same strategies that I thought would be right, running 20K a day and doing all this stuff that I thought, reading self-help books and all this sort of stuff, it actually wasn't helping me. It wasn't giving me much of that improvement like I was getting you know, a few years prior to it. So a thing that I want to make mention and make really clear here is for anyone listening, if you've gone to someone that doesn't make you feel comfortable, a doctor, a medical health professional, don't give up. It's all about finding the right fit. There are people out there that will help you and they will help you get back on track to start living your best life again. They'll give you the tools as best as they know how And it's up to you to try and take responsibility for those tools because there's only so much that someone can tell and help you do. And it's up to you to try and try these tools. Try the diet, try the exercise, have a look at meditation, mindfulness, speak in a community like living or your own, you know what I mean? So it really comes down to finding the right fit for you. And it's basically what you said, but don't give up on your self-care strategy or your journey. If one thing doesn't work now, it doesn't mean it's never going to work for you. You know what I mean? No, definitely. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's really important point to touch that what you just mentioned, that if you've been through an anxiety disorder, the science says that you're more likely to relapse and deal with an anxiety disorder again. 
Now, that shouldn't give people like no hope because, like you said, you've been through it before, so you know what to expect. Yes, certain tools might not work, but you know the tools. And I think it's important. And I think maybe the reason might why things might not have worked for you that second or third time is that maybe you was approaching it as a crutch. So I must run 20K because I know that that reduces the anxiety. When we do it as a crutch, and then we say one day we don't do the 20K, then we start to feel guilty, bad about ourselves, and it can increase our anxiety. So I think it's really important, like you say, to have the right tools and just know what works best for you and be open to exploring them. And yeah, definitely do not stigmatize medication. People who are on medication, just as strong as someone who isn't on a medication. The science says the combination, the largest studies for anxiety say that a combination of medication and CBT talking therapy are known to have the best effects on anxiety disorders. But that doesn't mean that for every single person who takes medication that that would work. All we know is that in that large scientific study, that was the case. And science is important because it's looking at real people. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And it's seeing real results. Yeah, exactly. And we cannot shy away from the data and the evidence and the research and the groups that get tested and all that sort of stuff because it's all about that evidence. And I know that you guys, I guess, introduce across your channels some of the evidence-based tools and strategies that communities can help themselves with. We've spoken about a number of them here on this conversation. For yourself personally, Dean, obviously going through your own stuff and having your own story and this being born out of it all, kind of how do you manage your own mental health today? 
and your own anxieties and your own potential panic attacks or if they were to come back or if they are coming back from time to time? How are you managing? Well, it's a great question. So after when I recovered from anxiety, so I see anxiety recovery as not being scared if a panic attack happens again and not having it interfere with your day-to-day living. The goal of anxiety recovery is not never to feel anxious again, because if you were about to step into the road and a bus is coming, you want that anxiety to be able to push you back onto the pathway to make sure that you don't get run over. So the or, goal- if your bo- or if your boss is after you or your manager at work or a saber-toothed toy, you got to have those skills yeah. to run away, man. Exactly. You have to have them skills to run away. That's where you need to be careful when you see the marketing of, oh, yeah, get get rid of your anxiety or cure anxiety. I don't like to use them words because why would you cure an emotion that's useful for you? You can overcome an anxiety disorder, yes, but to cure it is just really counterintuitive because we need anxiety in certain situations. So, yeah, I've had a really blessed life and been able to do lots of things that I didn't do when I was in the middle of a panic disorder. But have I felt excessive anxiety? Of course I have. Only, and I shared it with my community, only the last, I think it was two weeks ago, I was in a shopping centre, the big sales are on with all the shops. So it was an indoor centre, the same actual centre where I had my first panic attack outside the office which really kick-started the panic disorder and I was in it and so many people in there and I had one of the probably the worst panic attack I've experienced in the last three years and that was only two weeks ago and I remember the person that was with at the time I said I've got to leave because that's again your instant thoughts the avo- avoid yeah to avoid yeah, so I, was in the, I was in the middle of the center I started walking towards and the person I was with, I was like, I've got to leave. But then I remember I walked two or three shops down the line and I just said to myself, you can't do this because if you do leave, you're teaching the brain the situation. You're dangerous. feeding it, eh? You're kind yeah, of feeding it. This could really kickstart a panic disorder. So what I did, I turned around, I went into the shops and I, I had the most uncomfortable hour you could imagine. Yeah, that panic attack was... Very, very scary. It was derealization at the center of it. So that scary out-of-body experience. Imagine that feeling with hundreds of people around oh, you walking to watch you. That would have been It feels like you're in a simulation. But yeah, I had to put myself through it. It was very, very uncomfortable. But I did it and I taught the brain that, hey, you can bring anxiety. But yeah, we're going to go clothes shopping. You're going to have to come along the ride with me. And the reason that occurred, there is a massive, massive link between excessive stress and anxiety disorder. So if we look at my my situation with my father passing, it was a very traumatic, stressful experience. That was grief that was not processed. And that then developed into an anxiety disorder. We often hear these psychologists, psychotherapists speaking about stress buckets, stress jugs, where we have all these layers of stress that builds up and then it'll eventually get to the top and overflow. And the science says that when this excessive stress overflows, that's when panic attacks can occur. So I really believe that when looking back, I was in a very stressful situation to do with work, to do with family, everything building up. And then, like I said, I go into the situation where I'd had a panic attack five years previous and it all came to that situation. But yeah, 
The what do I do now is I don't run from the situation, no matter how uncomfortable I feel. Another thing worth mentioning is that I still have a fear of flying to, to this day. Every time I sit on, I know all the tools for anxiety. I know all the little cues of what not to do and what to do. But I just have a fear of flying. However, this year I've been on 20 planes. So I've got exposure. Congratulations, man. That's great. Exposure to the maximum. But plane number 20 was the same as plane number five, same as plane number two. But I was able to sit with the uncertainty, sit with the uncomfortable feelings and go to the beautiful destinations. Mm. Well, congratulations, man. I mean, that's a feat in itself. Good for you that you're recognizing the things that do make you feel a bit uncomfortable, you know, and that you're able to hit them head on. And I think that that is the way we grow in life. Like if you take away anxiety, right? And if you take away the feelings of panic, when we often put ourselves as human beings in uncomfortable situations, they're the best times that we grow. We actually grow. You don't grow from being comfy. You grow from being uncomfy. Whether that's in mental health, whether that's in professional work, whether that's in your relationships, your sports, conversations with your friends. I feel like the way my life's panned out so far over the last 34 years is if I ain't growing, I ain't living. And what I mean by growing is I've got to step out of that comfort zone. If I'm scared of something, I have to do it. If I start shying away from it, I'm not succeeding. I'm not growing. It does sound kind of counterintuitive to some degree if you're not looking at it from the perspective that I look at it. But I look at it as if like you've kind of got to make, not purposefully make mistakes or purposely put yourself in shitty situations, but in order to get over that hurdle or get over that block and to grow and move forward in your life, you got to kind of be aware and know that that's the wisdom that you're going to learn to take on into your life so that you're better off for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. The, yeah. Most, the worst situation of my life, obviously my father, the closest relation to me passing away. And that was four pain, years ago? Yeah, the pain. Sorry from, to hear about that, man. No problem. The pain from that was obviously the catalyst of growing into a person, into a mental health advocate and sharing not only my experience of grief and death of a loved one, but sharing the experience of firstly, how does grief tie in with stress? How does it tie in with anxiety? And then then sharing the anxiety journey and showing and giving people hope that, yes, you can come through an anxiety disorder. Because like you said before, in an anxiety disorder, we have this inner critic that's turned up to the maximum, that's telling us we're not good enough, telling us our symptoms are the heart attack we think it is, and telling us that we'll never recover. So it's really good to have advocates like yourself, like me, like the many people in the space doing it, giving the people the hope that they need in these situations and just telling them that, hey, yeah, you're the inner critic's turned up, but just because it's turned up doesn't mean that you have to focus your attention on it. And I always start, I always believe to start to change the narrative because we really are a product of the stories that we tell ourselves. So you can really change that narrative and start to tell yourself a different story. Over time, it doesn't work there and then, but over time, you can show the brain, you can open it up from that inward thinking. There is another pathway and maybe this inward thinking, this this road to not recovery is not right. And maybe we can really question that and recover just like all these other people have done. Mm. 
It's very important and it's, I agree, and it sounds sometimes, and I don't ever, and I'm sure we both don't want to downplay the seriousness of anxiety and panic. It's a freaking nightmare and it's hard, man. You do feel in, in the midst of that storm, you feel alone, like you said, you feel helpless, hopeless, you're never going to get through it. But like you mentioned earlier, with anxiety, it does have a shelf life or a run life. And like a, a panic attack's even shorter. Generally, a panic attack doesn't last. I don't know the exact science around it, but generally speaking, panic can only last so long because your body can only excrete and put out so much adrenaline. And then you kind of have that crash and burn effect after it where you're really tired and you're exhausted. But I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And I pay my respects to anyone right now that's listening to this podcast. If you're struggling with anxiety or panic, or you know someone that is, honestly, I respect you because it's hard. I've been through it. And as I mentioned earlier, I still go through it. And fuck, man, I like it's easier said sometimes than done. Like you're going to be okay and you're not alone and all that sort of stuff. But when you, I wouldn't wish anyone to be in my body during those times, I really wouldn't. And like someone on the outside life like might look at me and think he's got it all. He's living a great life. He's, on, he's in LA. He's about to get married. He's chasing his dreams and yeah i'm doing a lot of that stuff but sometimes my biggest challenge personally in life is my own mental health it always has been i'm not really scared of anything else and it's scary to say this but i'm scared of myself i'm scared of my mental health and some of those thoughts sometimes and i think the more that you can confront them and work with someone and with them and with those emotions and feelings the better you're able to understand your vehicle your body is a vehicle i look at mine like a ferrari it needs high octane gas. It needs to be garaged. It needs to be oiled. It needs to be repaired. It needs to be fixed. It needs to take a break. It needs to be cleaned. Some people are running like a, a Volvo four cylinder. I'm running a V8 or a V12 <laughs> Ferrari. It takes a lot of work, but I look after it. I need to look after it in order for it to be able to drive smooth. And I use that analogy because it kind of worked for me when I was speaking to my therapist and if you can look at your own body as a vehicle, take good care of it because your body, is, it is a smart machine, but you must take care of it because it's like your life, you know what I mean? And it's easy said than done. But look, let's move on. On that note, talk to me, man, about like the community. Talk to me about DLC. What's it stand for? Why did it start? <laughs> the name of it, the branding, yeah. and how can people get behind it? And talk to us about what you're actually doing. No, I love that. I love that. So DLC, Dean's like-minded community. So a like-minded community. I knew it had Dean. I knew it had <laughs> Dean, but I was like, where does LC come from? Yeah. So Dean's like-minded community, a like-minded community of people going through anxiety disorders. Doesn't matter if you're at the start, in the middle, at the end, or if you've recovered, we're all there to share our stories with each other. How do we do that? Well, we've had, I've been blessed to interview some of the most famous people on the planet on our IGTV, for example, some of the most renowned psychotherapists, psychologists, psychiatrists as well. So given the, all this free information to the people, which is really amazing. But then the amazing sharing of not only my story, and again, this is where the branding comes in, the reason, the yellow branding and the DLC logo, that was all put there because I didn't want to be the face of the community. This community isn't about me. Yes, I'm the founder who puts the glue together but this story is about individuals coming together as a community, sharing them tips and all cheering each other to the road to recovery. So that's why my face isn't on it. That's why we have the branding and that's why it's super important. I love it, man. 
Yeah. I love it, man. It's amazing. Well, with social media, this isn't against people that put the face on there. They're totally free to do whatever they want. But I think it's a super important message that this isn't about me. This isn't my Instagram. Yes, it's my journey, but let's build a community. Let's have that support group that I wanted in my local town. But let's make this worldwide. Let's speak to people from South Africa, Australia, LA. I mean, we've got people from all four corners of the globe doesn't matter how rich they are, how poor they are, doesn't matter what gender they are, what sexual preference they are. We're all here together dealing with anxiety at different stages, but helping and supporting each other, having the great resources and just, yeah, cheering and championing and being mental health advocates. And I think it's really important to say that a lot of people, when they're dealing with anxiety, they might get told, hey, well, just don't don't think about it. We all deal with anxiety. Like you said, all these catchphrases that people use, it's so it's really important. A lot of people think that they're weak as well when they deal with anxiety. If you're going through an anxiety disorder, you have to remember, know that you are the strongest person that you will know because you're going toe-to-toe with fear. You stand in the and you're literally going toe-to-toe with fear. Your body is putting you in a fearful situation, and you're standing there, and you're dealing with it. Yeah, you might run away, but you've still dealt with it. So people going through an anxiety disorder are the strongest people I know. The heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury, said that he would rather get hit by Deontay Wilder all day, every day, than deal with a panic attack. So that tells you everything. Yeah, man, that's perfectly said i love it man i love your community i love what you've just mentioned and i'm a big boxing advocate too mate and i follow tyson very closely so man that's well said and yeah it goes back to what i mentioned earlier i just wouldn't wish shit on anyone i wouldn't wish anyone to be in my body when i'm dealing with those spirals so to speak so i appreciate the work that you're doing man in the community especially over there but it's like you said it's for people to feel empowered connect share stories be better road to recovery and man, there is no doubt that you're making a difference with this platform. I've been through some of your comments. I've inter- interacted with some of your posts and I've, I see the impact that you're making, man. So congratulations. I understand that your face is not, it's not about that, but what it all created started from your own experience and look at the ripple effect that it's making other people's lives. So mate, congratulations and well done. Keep doing the great work that you're doing. Talk to me about this new book you've got about coming out. I, I was intrigued. I saw it. its name's Chloe, but like it, it doesn't really give me much. It says a part one of some series, but yeah, what is what it? Like what, what is it? That's what like. It doesn't give you much. That's the thing. Nah, I looked at it. I, I don't know what, like, what, talk to me. Like, what is it? It's, it's, <laughs> it says something about anxiety, but I don't really understand it. Tell me, just, what, yeah, what are some of the things people can, can expect when they read it? Okay, so we've uh, had two self-help books before, so obviously non-fiction books. Very successful, Untangle Your Anxiety, teamed up with a psychotherapist, two people, been through an anxiety disorder, come out the other side, giving people hope, giving people the psychotherapist point of view as well as personal point of view, coming together, greater than panic. The Purple Book, DL, so my story coming from four panic attacks a day to no panic attacks a day. And then the creation of the DLC Anxiety Community and all the mental health interviews we've had in there. We've done the self-help, so now it's time, because I've got a very creative mind, to really put out a fictional story. You don't see many anxiety fictional stories. So we're introducing Chloe, and it's really going to put the viewer, put the reader 
Looking at anxiety with a different lens. So this is a superpower series and it's looking at the physical symptoms of anxiety and looking at how Chloe uses the anxiety symptoms almost as a superpower. That you're going to be introduced into a whole new world where anxiety isn't necessarily the enemy, but it is based off true events. So there is going to be grief and there is going to be the anxiety disorder in there. And there is going to be the importance of addressing anxiety, but you're going to look at the anxiety from a different lens. And that's super important because I'm bringing you now back to those physical symptoms of anxiety, the scary heart rate, the breathing, the derealization, all the symptoms that we think we need to run and go to A&E. Well, all these symptoms are, like you said, are part of this anxiety and panic process, and they're actually part of a natural way of protecting us. Well, Chloe is going to shine a light of how she uses these anxiety symptoms in the situations that she's in. Mate, I absolutely love it, man. I love your creative spinner. I'm a creative too, like in terms of like fictional stuff, like writing like screenplays and stuff, man. So I, I appreciate that, mate. I'm pumped to get my hands and my eyes on it, man. I think it's great. When can we expect it to drop? I think you're looking probably the start of February. We're just with the editor at the moment. And then, yeah, should be the start of February. So, yeah, keep your eyes open. Keep looking at the link in the bio and obviously on the community page. And also we've got a massive announcement at the DLC Anxiety app. App, yeah. Which is fantastic. So what What's that? that? What's that? Yeah, like, talk to me. Because there are a lot of great, mate, there is a lot of apps how do you hook me? Hook me right now. I'm giving you an opportunity, man. Hook me, Dean, and we'll get the community on there, man. So I told you about the DLC Anxiety community that is built upon a community of people connecting together. Well, they're connecting together in the comments of Instagram. That has its limitations. Yes, they can go to Facebook groups, but then you get lost in the world of Facebook. So how about we have a DLC Anxiety app where everyone can come together, not only in this main platform, but also in subgroups of other topics that they want to speak about. They're in a safe place, like the comments, but it's within the DLC Anxiety community. They can turn it on whenever they want. And also there's an education center in there. There's a journal function in there. So it's really important, again, to get those anxiety symptoms from inward thinking out into the open. You can score your anxiety levels and see how it's doing. Again, you can then share this with your doctor, your therapist, and like I said, there's education videos, posts in there. And it's just really important to really get the community all in one place that doesn't have the algorithms of Instagram telling us, hey, well, we've got this really important information we want you to know. Oh, well, Instagram's decided to put the wall up. Well, there's no walls there. We're here. Everyone can speak openly. And yeah, it's just a fantastic liberation moment for DLC Anxiety. Mate, I love it. I can't wait to check it all out. And what about that, man? When's that going to be open? You're looking at around February as well. Um, around around yeah. the time of the book. Maybe the end of January, maybe the start of February. So very soon, very soon. Good stuff, man. Well, congratulations on all that. I have a question about the app because I've had a number of opportunities in my life over the past probably 10 years to create something, a community app. And I always thought about it. And obviously other things have kind of taken the front and my interest or my priority. 
how do you moderate that? Like when people are talking and all that, from a mental health perspective, I understand that you're not trying to be clinicians or anything from what I'm understanding. How do you actually have moderators? Is there anyone even helping people? If someone on the app goes, I'm suicidal, I want to take my life, or someone's getting bullied, how do you actually step in and say, all right, yeah, no, so this isn't on? Yeah, of course. So if someone's suicidal or well, tackle both of them, someone's suicidal, Firstly, we have the resources on the app where they can look at where they can seek help for that. And also people on the app will be able to point them in the direction of that. But also we have report functions on there. So, yeah, it would get flagged up on our systems that someone is obviously in that state. And then we can offer support directly because it'll get flagged up within the people that are managing the app. And then we'll be able to give them the resources. And also with the bullying, that would get flagged up. It would then be evaluated. And if, if it was bullying, they would be taken out of the app. Removed. Yeah, cool. No, I like it, man. I just wanted to ask. It's a very finicky space, man. I think from a shared lived experience, I think, and for me personally, I always, and for you too, I think for us, safety is our first priority. We're dealing with people's lives. We're dealing with people's livelihood, their mindsets and when it's all said and done at the end of the day, the mind is the most powerful thing that we have, but it's the thing that we have that we can use in our advantage to make great things happen, which is sounds like what you've done with Chloe. Can't wait, mate. Can't wait. It's all amazing. I love the work that you're doing. I'll make sure to drop all of this stuff in the show notes for our listeners. We have people from all over the world tuning into this, man. So I appreciate all of the support. Appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for sharing with us. Is there any last words of wisdom that Dean wants to leave with, with our audience? Well, firstly, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell my story. And thank you for obviously advocating mental health and all the work that you're doing. It's amazing that two communities can come together with a shared interest of people's, like you say, mental health, bettering people's mental health, starting conversations, giving people the opportunity to speak openly and to speak freely. And I think that's really, really important because like I said before, if you're dealing with anxiety, you're often feeling isolated, alone. You feel like you're not going to recover. Well, we're here to tell you, I'm just a regular guy in a yellow shirt, in a yellow jersey. I recovered. You can too. And that's super 100%. important. Yeah, definitely, man. I 100% agree with you. And it's good that you've taken action steps to make a difference. And yeah, I'm glad that you're doing the work that you do, man. I'm really grateful that we connected because... Yeah, I'm looking forward to people connecting and helping more people out from all walks of life. And that's what it's all about. But, mate, I appreciate you sharing your story. As always, guys, please like and subscribe to the podcast. If you like this episode, please leave a review, rate it, share it with your friends, family, people that need to hear it to become a better version of either themselves or someone in their life that they care or that you care about. I think that's really important. But also, it will help us climb the podcast charts so that we can get this podcast into other people's hands in people's areas where they may not ever see it because a conversation can change and save a life. I'm a big believer of that, Dean, and I appreciate all the work that you do. So thank you. And without further ado, brother, you're free. Have a great day. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you for listening in to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. Please subscribe to the show and help us climb the charts so that we can attract new listeners and change more lives. If you found something very useful in this episode, please share and spread the love to as many people as you can. Don't forget to leave a review or a comment so that we can grow this community together because a conversation can save a life. If you want to continue this chat, 
please join me on the podcast Facebook group at living.org. I can't wait to share the next episode with you. But in the meantime, we're going to the top. And remember, it ain't weak to speak. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.